This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. All right, welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast. Uh, today I have a special guest by the name of Devin Harris. He has a long history of pushing on and persevering through adversity. He has a military background as well as an Olympic background, and uh, I'm going to let him do a formal introduction of himself. Welcome to the show, Devin. Hey, Butch. Thank you so much for having me, man. How's it going? I, I'm, I'm sure they're guessing by the accent that I'm, oh, he's probably Jamaican. And if you guess that, you're absolutely right. Born and bred in Jamaica, uh, Kingston. Um, I guess I, I, you, you could say my claim to fame, Butch, is, uh, is the fact that I'm a three-time Olympian and a founding member of the original Jamaican boxer team. For, so for those uh, Cool Runnings fans, those people who are fans of the movie Cool Runnings, I am on the team that they made the movie about. Um, uh, you know, so you, you also mentioned my military background. I'm a retired captain from the Jamaica Defense Force. So, you know, I, um, after high school, I enlisted in the JDF, the Jamaica Defense Force, and did my officer training at the Royal Military Academy Sandhurst, which is a British equivalent of West Point. And these days I get to hang out with you, Butch, and in addition to that, I'm a uh, international motivational uh, keynote speaker, uh, two-time author, a philanthropist. I have a a foundation, the Keep On Pushing Foundation that supports the education of kids in disadvantaged communities and a podcast and, you know, typical Jamaican, man, nobody knows <laughs> about Jamaicans. I know we have like 10 different jobs. So that's me there, man, uh, trying to do my part. Yeah, you're doing a great job. And uh, was there anything from your military background that actually helped you uh, not only with the Olympics, but what you're trying to do today with uh, international speaking? Yeah, you, you, I mean, I know you're a military guy as well, so you understand the the um the mentality, right? That there's, you know, uh, when I started basic training, you know, our training depot, uh, we call it in Jamaica, where everybody get just like beasted. Um, the the motto as you're driving is, no task too difficult, no obstacle too great, and so you know that has kind of been. Uh, you know, part of my thinking, my psyche, my mentality, it doesn't matter what it is. You just, you get a mission, you just figure out how you, go. it might sound impossible, but you just figure out how, to, how you're going to go get it done. And so I'm just going to take that, taking that mentality with me with everything that I've done. Yeah. And, and obviously you did that because uh, moving over, not only to perform as a Olympian, uh, you did it three times, but then also do something Jamaica's never done before. And, of course, the adversity that came with that, it wasn't obviously uh, an obstacle too difficult. You just had to keep pressing on. Yeah, you know, so, uh, you know, I, um, of course, growing up in Jamaica, uh, nobody dreamt of competing in the Winter Olympics. I did have Olympic aspirations. I was hoping to compete in the L.A. Uh, Olympics in 1984 as a middle distance runner, 800, 1500, and didn't come anywhere near that. And then this bobsled opportunity um, came up and, you know, I kind of uh, grabbed it with both hands. Um, and I remember uh, my first time on ice, and by ice I mean we were up in Lake Placid, New York, on an ice rink practicing with the U.S. team. They were practicing their starts. And they invited us to practice with them. And dude, it was it was nearly impossible to walk. We we, we spent more time on our butts than we spent 
know, pushing the sled. And I remember thinking how difficult this thing is. And as we got into training, as we got to Calgary, we started actually going down the track and, you know, going to the gym and doing all of those, like a million different things all in one day. Uh, you, you asked me about the military. You know, I, I actually went back to the military because I remember um, during training, um, we would have these long periods of intense physical work or activity with very little rest. And and so when I was starting out in bobsledding, I just like, oh, I've been here before, you know, because it, it, it felt a little bit like that. So I just kind of mentally went back to my military and my experience in the military during basic officer training, and that helped uh, to get me through. Sure. And speaking of feelings, uh, so when you showed up to that ice rink in, in Lake Placid, there's something special about that ice rink. That's where the Miracle on Ice, uh, you know, the Olympic team end up playing a game there. Yeah. Uh, and I bet that was pretty inspirational walking in the building. Completely. And, and um, to be honest, I'm not sure I was aware of the Miracle and Ice back then. This was September 1987. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the history and the tradition, man, and I had a, a good fortune. I don't think I mentioned that I, you know, host a podcast as well, Keep On Pushing TV, Keep On Pushing Radio. And I had a, a good fortune of uh, interview Mike Urizoni, uh, you know, captain of that team. So yeah, we were, we were treading on, uh, you know, hollowed ice as it were. Yeah. But obviously you're, you're a history in the making at the same time. So you were just putting your piece to the momentum and, um, the inspiration that happens in that ice rink. And so a lot of things, uh, and you talk about this in many other areas is that an important process to, to get where you're at is a lot of visualization. And so how is the visualization in your mind of how to build this bobsled team and, and get it to the U.S. Olympics when Jamaica never had a team before? Yeah, um, I think the important thing uh, to note for you know, everyone who is listening to this is that all of us actually visualize every minute of every day. You know, we may not be consciously aware of it, but we are doing that. So if you think about when you are... Um, worried or nervous maybe about a job interview or a sales call or whatever it is, some, some event that's coming up, a date. Um, the reason why you're nervous, the reason why you're worried, part of it is because you are imagining an outcome that you would not like. You're using your imagination. In the same way that the part of the reason why you're excited and you feel confident about whatever that event is, the job interview, the sales, the date, is that you're imagining an, an outcome that you would like. Um, and so w- what, what we've come to realize is that you can actually deliberately use that ability to see in your mind's eye. You know, I often speak about this and I mention it's the greatest endowment given to us by the creator, right? Our ability to see in our mind's eye and to um, mentally rehearse uh, the outcomes that you want in a particular situation. And so um, so, so the fans of Cool Runnings will remember um, there's a scene where the, like the German, the top German driver who wasn't very friendly with the, to the Jamaican bobsled team, he was practicing some visualization. And um, Darius, when he was uh, in the room looking at the, the, the photographs, that is a um, form of visualization as well. And when you go to a bobsled race, a training, you see some guys going through this, performing these Tai Chi kind of movements. And they are the drivers mentally visualizing themselves 
driving the track, right? So we, 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 all of us, I want, I want, I want to reiterate, have the ability to use, um, uh, to practice that to get better results. In your book, you actually reference about obviously pushing on is a big uh, thing for you. But one thing that stood out to me, the pushing on is is an attitude, right? And so with all the visualization, it changes your attitude. It changes how you're performing, how you're, uh, you go about things, and how do you face adversity and how you do handle success. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, I, I, I talk about fear in it for a little bit. Uh, uh, just to say, you know, when I tell people that I'm scared of speed and I, they think I'm, I'm pulling their legs because I joke around a lot. Um, but I am, and that's what bobsledding is. Um, so one of the things that helped me to get over the fear is the visualization part because, as a, you know, I, be, I started out as a pusher, a brave man on the sled, but I became a driver, right? So you are in control. Um, but when you, when you uh, imagine, you practice, you rehearse in your mind, you, you conduct this mental rehearsal of you driving the sled, you in control of the sled, um, putting the sled uh, on the part of the corners that you want it to go. A lot of people think we go down on rails. No, you have to direct the sled. It, um, it creates a certain level of confidence and a sense of competence, right? You have an attitude of expectation, an attitude that, yep, you know, I can do this and I'm going to do this. Um, and it really, and so that just translates into better performance, I get more confidence, it's like it creates this upward spiral. Um, and so just kind of tie it back to life outside of bobsledding, you know, even when I speak, I um, obviously I do the work, I prepare the speeches, and then I practice them, right? I practice and I rehearse in my mind. And once I'm, I've done that, and anybody who speaks will tell you that they're a little bit nervous when they get on stage and, you know, they're, they're perhaps a little bit worried that they may forget what they're supposed to say. Those thoughts cross my mind as well. But then because I've done the work, I've done the physical work of preparing the speech and I've done the mental work, and I've preparing the speech and practicing the speech, and I've done the mental work of rehearsing it in my mind, I'm able to trust myself that my subconscious mind will just simply remember what I need to say, and, and, and it works out. You talk a lot about the five Ps of pushing on, push, or keep on pushing. You walk through a perception, a purpose, uh, personal leadership, people, and persistence. Can you give a little background on how you came up with the five P's and 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 what's your what's your thought points on that? Uh, how do I how did I, I I'm not sure if I had a process per se in terms of coming up with the five P's. First of all, you know alliteration you know rings and it sounds good and it allows um, people to remember things. So as I was thinking about the principles that I think would help each of us to keep on pushing. Um, you know, I am big on vision and imagining and creating these images in your mind, which is what we've been talking about. And so I'm like, uh, but then, you know, there's purpose and there's uh, people and persistence. And, you know, sometimes I talk about process and certain personal leadership. All of those are easy. I start with P. I'm like, wow, if I, how do I get five P's out of this or six P's sometimes I speak on? Um, and so I had to, you know, whip up my old dictionary and my 
to Cyrus and go, what word could I use, uh, could I find that begins with P that kind of equates to vision, that would be a synonym to vision, and I came up with perception. And so I speak about, I start with perception, and I mentioned that, you know, it's a synonym for, for, um, for, for vision. But, um, so to just kind of give a quick overview of those, um, you know, the, our perception is a, uh, it's often a thing that I think distinguishes one person or one company from another. Like, so our vision, our ability to, to create this clear, compelling image in our mind of a future that's so much more compelling and vibrant and, and exciting. And when you have that compelling vision, it drives your behaviors and it drives your your determination and your commitment and your attitude, right? And so you get you you will create different results. Um, and it's important to connect with your purpose, like you know why why are you doing this thing? Why is this vision that you have in your mind so important? Um, and then personal leadership yeah, is really about. Um, in brief, com- making a, a commitment to personal growth, because uh, you, you know I often point out uh, point to the fact that we cannot give what we don't have, and so if you are not a person of value, you can't add value to other people's lives. You know, and sometimes we get uh, end up in this kind of silo, this man on an island kind of thing. It's all about me, 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 and it can't be right. You you can't continue to grow as a person and and achieve different levels. If we're talking about keep on pushing, unless you are growing as a person, acquiring new skills and knowledge, and um, and then sharing it, right? And which is. Uh, another reason why the people piece comes in, because you can't succeed by yourself. You can't be a man on an island. It starts with you, or a woman on, a, on an island, right? It starts with you, but you need other people, teammates, partners, colleagues, family members. All of those, all of those make uh, become part of your team that's going to help you to succeed or fail. And, and of course, um, persistence, man. Um, there, there's nobody, no one, no company, no team that succeeds without having to deal with failures and setbacks and frustrations and, you know, a uh, uh, learning curve and all of that stuff. And, and the only way to that you're going to get through it is by persisting, by figuring out a way to put one foot in front of the other and keep on pushing. Hey, gang, ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing, weird expenses coming out of nowhere, and when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, Give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now, 708-535-3006. Or shoot him an email, butch at elitebenefits.net. And be sure to check out the Zemar podcast. Don't wait till the last minute. Put Butch Zemar to work for you 
now. So speaking of persistence, taking you back to the bobsled days, was there a moment in time that you guys looked at each other and started to consider that maybe this wasn't going to work, but then persistence set in, somebody said something, somebody sang a song, something to kind of keep you moving. Do you remember that moment where maybe it happened more than once where you guys were ready to quit and you said this isn't going to work for Jamaica Muns? Um, the first time I was asked that question, you know, I was asked, you know, at what point did you believe that you wouldn't, it wouldn't happen? And to be honest, Butch, it, it never crossed our mind, never crossed our minds that we wouldn't make it. Um, but were there times when it was just incredibly difficult? Absolutely, man. Um, you know, quite frankly, from the very first time we stepped on that ice rink in, uh, in Lake Placid and found it difficult to walk. Um, I'm like, oh my God, how are we going to even run if we can't walk, right? And it, it and it just the, the 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 moments when it became pretty obvious that this was really difficult. Just those moments just became more intense, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, whether just kind of learning the, the learning the route, the techniques in the sport or not having the funding and so you have no funding what do you do um i, I tell the story of being in calgary really cold day long hard day of, of training i'm 22 years old and i have um in just enough money for to buy a chicken leg a, a, a um a roll and a small soda for dinner right that stuff that will make you want to quit um, but we're going to know, we're going to figure our way out, and we started selling T-shirts, you know. So every time we came up on an obstacle, you just, you, you, and that's that's our job, to so figure our way around it, you know. In 1997, when I'm trying to qualify to qualify for the Nagano Games in 1998 in, in Japan, I'm in Evanston, Wyoming, I'm, um, I'm training and coaching myself, me, me and my two other teammates, Eight hours a day, we're delivering pizzas at night. I have a torn meniscus and arthritis and a knee that's swollen one and a half times the size. Um, quit? No, that, that was not, was it incredibly difficult. Absolutely. Frustrating? Absolutely. But you just, like, what do you need to do? Well, let's, uh, let's deliver some pizzas, man, so we can have some money. Uh, while we keep trading and try finding a sponsorship, you know, we got sponsorship. You know, in January '98, weeks before it was time to go to the Olympics. So, yeah, all of those are just examples as uh, as to how so we, we kept on pushing, right? We endured. Persistence is about f- developing the ability to endure in the face of all difficulty. So true, and and you bring up definitely a good point where in your mind. You never thought that there would be any anything different, and that goes back to a lot of things that you and I have talked about: the visualization, the attitude, having purpose, and then keep keep on pushing. It all um, obviously comes together, and and it's the mindset that goes along with it. In your book, you actually make a comment about winning is not about the final score. And this is definitely the game of life, right? Because the final score, most of us never win, right? And and to a certain degree, right? I'm not saying that we don't win, but it makes the winning better. But there's always something that comes out of when when, when the final score isn't going your way. Um, because it's, uh, uh, and especially when I'm speaking uh, to business groups, I know that this is a, a tough message um, for them to embrace because you live in a world where, you know, you want more of the market share, right? You want uh, to grow the company so the 
Um, so you can hit the first quarter, the second quarter earnings, or you can hit the sales quota, and you can make your investors, stockholders uh, happy, and so on and so forth. Um, and in that way, business is a little bit like sports in that, hey, um, the final score, did you win or did, is it, you know, 2-1 like in soccer or 3-1 or 5-2 in baseball, you know what I mean? So there's those final scores that says you won or you lost. Um, but when I look at our experience as a uh, original Jamaican bobsled team, absolutely, we crashed at the end of that third run, and in pure sports terms, we lost. We failed, no doubt about that. Um, and you, so from that perspective, you could make the argument that we lost. Um, but I would argue that we won. Why would I say that? Well, um, our team got started, got selected in September 1987. The first time we saw a bobsled was in September of 1987. The first time we went on a bobsled run was in October of 1987. And between that time, September and uh, 87, and February 80, uh, 88, we were at the Olympic Games. The, if you watch the movie, Cool Runnings, it suggested that we trained as a four-man team the entire time we were around, but that's not actually true. We started doing four-man the week of the Olympics, but... Uh, the, 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 in, uh, in three days, we taught Chris Stokes, the guy who was on the very back, how to push a sled. And at the end of the week, we pushed the seventh fastest start time. So if you look at, when, if, if you look not just on our team, but you look at your life and you go, well, what have I learned? How much have I grown in, during this process from the time I started to where I am now? Maybe I didn't quite hit the goal that I wanted to. But man, look how much I've accomplished. Um, and you know, look how many people I've inspired based on what I've done. That sounds like winning to me. And so that's why I said winning is not always about the final score. So true. And, and I'm glad you bring it up and you, and, you, and you share it because there's so much adversity, but it's about the progress and it's the attitude and uh, where you're coming from and where you're, where you're headed. And it's all those little steps, obviously, even at that point, you still fought on it, and you still competed in the Olympics uh, far after that, and you're still competing now on keynote speaking and trying to inspire other people to do the best that they can. And at the end of the day, it's all, you know, you, we go out, we do our passion, we do what, we, what, what we're trying to do, our purpose in life, and then at the end, we give it all back, right? And so you have this foundation, Keeping On Foundation. Can you um, elaborate a little bit more about what your inspiration is and, and what the purpose of the foundation and, um, and then may even how some people could contribute or help out for it? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'll talk about our, our mission first. Um, the Keep On Pushing Foundation, our goal is to provide practical solutions to some of the issues that are preventing kids in disadvantaged communities from getting properly educated. So one of the things that we haven't spoken about is my own background. I did say I was from Kingston, Jamaica. Um, um, I'm from one of the tougher neighborhoods in Kingston. I'm from one of the toughest ghettos in the world, a place called Olympic Gardens. Um, I'm from the, the most notorious enclave in Olympic Gardens. Um, tough, gritty, violent impoverished, you know. Um, and so a number of years ago, I visited my old elementary school, 
and I was asking, uh, having a conversation with the principal and I asked what was the biggest issue they were having there and it was that kids were coming to school hungry. And so coming from, well, generally speaking, you know, if you're hungry, you can't learn. And if you're, if you're not learning, you're not getting educated and, and hence you don't become a constructive, uh, contributing member of society. Um, and especially, you know, from neighborhoods like the one I'm from. And, and, and so I saw that, I lived that as a kid growing up in that environment. And then as a member of our military, uh, you know, I used to conduct operations, run raids in, in my old neighborhoods and other neighborhoods similar to that one in around Kingston, you know. Um, so I, get to, I got to see this thing, uh, this challenge from, from two, uh, two sides, you know, very, very, and very clear, identifiable observations and experiences, right? And so um, that, that conversation with the principal inspired me to start the Keep On Pushing Foundation. So we started supporting a breakfast program. Um, we, we have supported a school supplies program at about 10 schools in the old neighborhood. We just finished building a, um, we call it a sick bay. It's kind of like a nurse's station, a place where kids who aren't feeling so well can go spend some time in a bed, um, you know, uh, rest up for the day. And then there's a, another private office where the guidance counselor um, can, you know, help and counsel and guide um, kids who may be having some issues. Because again, they, they grew up in really uh, tough uh, circumstances. And our current goal is to build a computer lab at the school. I'm uh, looking to raise $25,000 um, to get that done, outfitted with the computers and the air conditioned units and all the other stuff that you need to have a you know good modern day functioning computer, um, computer um, um, lab. And so, yeah, so people can find us too. Is I, I get one way is, uh, you know, you can access the foundation through my own speaking website, devonharris.com or keeponpushing.org. Um, and PayPal, it's PayPal, um, paypal.com slash keeponpushing. And they can make donations there. Well, this has definitely been uh, great. If somebody wanted to seek out, uh, maybe using you as a keynote speaker or bringing you into one of their companies to um, inspire their employees, how do they get a uh, hold of you from there? Yeah, man, easy. Uh, again, my website, devonharris.com. My email is easy to devon at devonharris.com. They can find me on LinkedIn. They can find me through uh, Twitter and Instagram at keeponpushing88. And yeah, I'm on Facebook as well. Um, there are a number of Devon Harris's on Facebook. I'm the one in the Jamaican bobsled uniform. Got it. Yep. And and I encourage people to check out, especially in the business world, check out the LinkedIn profile because you definitely post your other podcast there. And then you do uh, a live segment, um, I think every Wednesday, right? Yes, I do a hump. We call it hump day, you know, working to get over the hump. No, no matter how we start the work or the week, we want to finish the week strong. So we, we lock arms and share, you know, some, some ideas, some, some, something positive and inspirational, motivational to get us to have a conversation. The goal is always to have a conversation 
um, on, on these different topics that, that I share. Well, definitely join Devin and his conversation there and then check out his podcast and um, his books. I appreciate this, Devin. This has been great. Thanks for your time. And um, maybe we'll have you back on and talk about more things you're working on. Sure, man. I'd, I'd love to. Thank you so much for, for having me on. And, and thank you, by the way, for for this forum. Um, you know, you're putting out some really great content and really adding to the overall work that all of us are doing to add value to the lives of others. So a huge congratulations to that. And I just encourage your listeners your, uh, to continue to support and spread the word, um, bring their friends and share with their friends, you know, the, the, the work that you're doing. <music>